Amen. Thank you, fellas. If you have your Bibles, <clears throat> open your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, we're going to begin in verse number 16 and read verse number 17, but keep your Bibles open as we will look at other passages and other verses in this chapter. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Tonight's message is, the answer is in the book. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word tonight. I hunger to be spirit-filled. I hunger to be a help. Lord, I desire for our people to, Lord, know a pers personal, close, intimate relationship with you. And Lord, even in the valleys to know of your love and your goodness, of your presence, Lord, with us. Lord, to know the joys and the happiness of life by walking in the light of the Word of God. Please help me as I preach. Lord, I hurt for my country tonight. I hurt for the difficulties that we're facing. And Lord, I pray that there would be folks that would hear the message. Uh, Lord, that it would be an influence. It would affect their lives and their thinking. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The setting or the backdrop for the sermon this evening is the fact that we've had and have many wrongdoings going on in our country. I'm not going to deal specifically with the sin and uh, terrible behavior of racism, which is t uh, treating someone different because of the color of their skin. I'm not going to talk about and go into detail of all of that. It's obvious from the Word of God that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And the Bible doesn't say uh, whether they be red, yellow, black, or white. The Bible says God loved the world. He loves the children in China as He does in the United States, as He does in every continent. And men are the same in the eyes of God as far as uh, His love for us. In addition to that, we are seeing uh, our cities being pilfered and burned and, and uh, ruined. And as I understand it, many of these folks come from other cities and towns and taking advantage of an opportunity uh, to steal and to destroy. All of these behaviors from racism to all that we see is an, is an outward expression of a sinful heart. The sinful heart and behavior of man is on display. It certainly brings fear. It certainly brings concern, wondering how far this is going to go. Now, the purpose of my sermon tonight is not to bring condemnation of, of, of any single group or individual. I simply want to talk about the answer or the solution to the sin problem. You see, all behavior has its own result. And sin has a reward. And the Bible says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. 
as I have tried to watch some of the news coverage uh, a couple of nights ago, my wife and girls and I were watching, and the truth is we had to turn it off because it, it made us sick to see uh, all that was going on. This afternoon, I attempted to watch more, and, and as I watched the different news coverages, I, I heard differing opinions, and one, folk, uh, one person would give their opinion and another, and it seemed that they were continuing to promote the problem and promote the bad behavior tonight. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about the answer, and the answer is in the Word of God. Now, here's the message in a statement. The Bible will stabilize. The Bible will revitalize any person's life, any marriage, any home, any church, and society. That's not just an opinion of man. That is the truth of the Word of God. We read about it happening in history. And when a nation was called back to obedience to the Word of God, there were blessings that came back to those people. There were times that the nation of Israel would stray in the disobedience and idolatry and they would get away from the Word of God. And when they did, it would bring judgment upon their lives and bring division and death and, and divisiveness. But when they came back to obedience to the Word of God, it brought revival. It, it brought a love for one another. It brought a peace in a society that only the Word of God can bring. Now I want to say tonight, the Bible is the inspired Word of God. That means this is not man's opinion about God, but it is God's breathed book. This book is different than any book in all the world. This book is alive. It is like a seed. If you plant it into the ground, it will bring forth fruit. We're not to use the Bible to manipulate of what we want it to say, but we're to read the Bible. We're to study the Bible. We're to preach the Bible, hear the Word of God preached in a way that the Bible can change us. I read a story this week about a, a man in New York that was a painting enthusiast and he collected and gathered paintings, uh, some expensive, some not so expensive, and he gathered those from around the world. One of the paintings that he had, and he had it placed over his writing desk uh, where he would write and uh, do his work, and it was a picture of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Have you seen that picture? And uh, that's what he had, and he had it over his writing desk. It bothered him that when he would come into his office to work, that picture would be turned a little bit and it would be out of square. The picture wouldn't be square. And, and before he could do his work, he had to straighten the picture uh, so that it was straight. And of course, the picture was straight. It, made the, uh, it, 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 it revealed the Leaning Tower of Pisa and how it is there. And, uh, but, it, but it happened again and again. And finally, he said uh, to the lady that was a housekeeper, he said, every morning I come in and I have to straighten this picture. When you clean, uh, do you move this picture Oh, she said, yes, sir. She said, the only way I can make that tower straight 
is to make the picture uh, lean a little bit. Now, folks, that's what many people do with the Word of God. They change the Word of God to try to make it fit their opinion, to try to make it fit their ideas. That's not what the Word of God is for. The Word of God is to be read plainly, clearly, uh, with the Holy Spirit of God revealing it to us and us not changing or tilting the Bible, but it changing our lives. This book is what we need to make a difference in our lives. Now, in this passage of Scripture, Paul tells Timothy what the power of his life is. He tells Timothy that his life, a life of faith, a life of obedience, a life of help to others, is a result of the Word of God. He told him what made you the man you are was the fact that your mother and your grandmother taught you the scriptures from a child and Timothy that made you a saved man, that made you a serving man and that made you a man that is helpful to others. It was the word of God. Now think about that just for a moment because Many times we think, well, boy, I've got to hit it lucky. I've got to learn the right person. I've got to get the right break so I can become important and helpful in life. Oh, no, friend, if you and I will yield to the Word of God, the Bible will make us a useful servant that can make a difference for good and right and the cause of Christ in our world. Now, it's interesting when we read this passage of Scripture... It is in a chapter where Paul talks about the last days. And I don't have time to go into a description of all of these, but when you read 2 Timothy chapter 3, it's like reading the headlines of the newspapers in our day. He tells Timothy, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Now that's how the chapter begins. And when you get into this chapter and Paul gets down to addressing Timothy, he tells him, now Timothy, men are going to wax worse and worse. They're going to become more and more evil as time goes along. But Timothy, what made you the man you are is the Scripture. And I want you, Timothy, not to change with the changing times. I want you to continue in the Word of God. I want to read it to you. We find in verse number 14, he says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. I want to preach tonight on the importance of the Word of God in our lives and in our nation. Now I want you to hear this statement. The Word of God will have no effect if it is forced or yelled about, and I'm not, I'm not belittling preaching, I'm yelling about the truth and saying it's important. 
But here's what I want you to understand. We each one must choose to obey the Word of God. Paul was not speaking in generalities. He was speaking specifically to Timothy. He said, Timothy, in this world, in these last day behavior, I want you to continue in the Scripture. So while your family may say amen and others may say amen, you personally have to decide what is going to be your guide, what is going to be your guard as you go through life. There are some who have strong opinions and philosophies about what will guide and guard their life. There are some who allow their feelings or whatever the culture is doing to control their life. Each of us ought to make the decision tonight that we are going to let the Word of God be our guide and be our guard through life. Let me show you several things from this passage of Scripture about this matter. The answer is in the book. First of all, we must be steadfast in our learning. He said in verse number 14, but continue thou. I want you to notice he did not say, it is enough now that your, that your mother and grandmother taught you the Scripture when you was a child. He said you have to continue in the Word of God. You have to be steadfast. And tonight, whether you're 20 years old, 40 years old, 60 years old, or 80 years old, if you want your life to be firm, planted on the foundation of truth, and you want to have a constant, a constant and consistency in your life, you have to continue steadfastly in the Word of God. I'm thankful as a child my parents taught me the Word of God. I'm thankful as a child my parents sent me to a Christian school. And I want to tell you, I cannot overrate the value of Christian education. Every day we began our day by saying our Pledge of Allegiance to the American flag, to the Christian flag, and to the Word of God. We then opened the Word of God and we read it every single morning. We then had our classes based on scriptural truth. We did not judge the Bible by science, but we judged science by the Word of God. We did not judge history uh, by, uh, or, or the Bible by history, but we judged the history uh, by the Word of God. Now, uh, that being said, Christian education, it gives to us the Word of God and to our children hour after hour, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. Of all the things that my parents gave to me in the top five would be the fact that they sent me to a Christian school. I had to learn to get along with other personalities. I had to learn that folks are different and they're uh, different types of people and they're uh, different attitudes and they're different outlooks in life. And that uh, uh, setting in a Christian environment, I learned that it didn't matter what the color of people's skin was. What mattered is they were a person that God created and God gave life to. And I am to love them. I am to respect them. 
I am to treat them decently. I am never to look down on someone or treat somebody different because of the color of their skin or their nationality. We were taught the Word of God. And I want to say tonight, it's important that we're steadfast in the Word of God. I need to read it. I read it today. I'll read it tomorrow. It's my guide. It's my guard. It's my food. And there are many things we can say about the Bible. But first of all, I want to say we need to be steadfast in our learning of the Word of God. Now, folks, you know it's true. And I I, I do not understand how we can know an answer so plain and clear and not get back to it. But the day we took this book out of our public school system, the day we took prayer and faith in God out of our public school system was the day that our society and our culture began to fall apart. Man began to do what the Bible says in the book of Judges. Every man began to do that which is right in his own eyes. We have become a nation so divided, uh, divided politically, divided in every way. And the truth is that all happened in our nation when we got uh, away from the Word of God. Our forefathers and presidents told us the importance of the Word of God. The Bible teaches us the importance of the Word of God. And yet the foolishness and the wickedness and the iniquity that we teach is good and right today. It's no wonder our cities are being burned. It's no wonder there's rioting in the street tonight. They're doing what they think is right to do and they have no moral compass. They have no guide because we have taken the Bible away. It's like putting a ship in the sea and taking away the rudder, taking away the wheel and letting the ship go whichever way the wind blows. Oh, dear friend, if we're going to get back to any kind of peace and normalcy in our nation, we've got to get back to the Word of God. I'll get into specifics in just a moment, but let me say the Bible is the answer. The answer is in the book. Well, folks, uh, uh, we have folks going to schools and colleges and universities where the, where the teacher is teaching immorality is something that's good and funny and right and enjoyable, not knowing they're destroying the minds and the souls and the hearts and the mental stability of young people when they take away the truths of the Word of God. I want to say, we need to get the Bible back in the classroom. You say, well, uh, that, then we'll have a problem with religion. Well, I'll not take time to go there, but our nation was founded on one God, and that's the creator of this world, and that's the sustainer of this world, and that's the God of this Bible right here. And any Bible that doesn't agree with that is not a Bible. It's an imposter, and it needs to be rejected, and we need to get back to this old King James Bible that our nation was founded upon. Second of all, we see the substance of the Scripture. First of all, there must be a steadfastness in the Scripture. Second of all, I want you to notice the substance of the Scripture. In verse number 14, he says, "...the things which thou hast learned." Now, what had Timothy learned from the Scripture? You understand that the New Testament is being written in Timothy's day. And so when it refers to Scripture, he's talking about the Old Testament uh, largely. And that's what Timothy had learned. 
What did Timothy learn from the Old Testament? Well, he learned that God was a creator and God is a sustainer and God created man for himself. He learned that all power in heaven and earth belonged to God. He learned that God put man in the Garden of Eden and he gave him a set of rules and he gave him a purpose. That purpose was work to care for the garden and to name the animals and care for it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air. He also learned what sin was when Adam disobeyed God and was cast outside the Garden of Eden. He learned what redemption was when the lamb was killed and the skin was taken from the lamb. That lamb was killed. It was innocent. It had done no wrong, but that lamb had to die to provide a covering up for Adam. And that was a picture of the fact that Jesus Christ would come as the lamb of the world and he would die. Uh, though he was innocent of all sin and wrong, he would die that men may be clothed with the garment of salvation. Timothy learned about the fall of man, the sin nature of man, the holiness of God. He learned about blessings that come from obedience and he learned cursings that come from disobedience and idolatry. He learned the wisdom of the Proverbs. He learned the songs of the psalmist. That's what Timothy learned. You see, Timothy, uh, he had learned about the Lord Jesus and the, and the gospel, and, and, and he had learned the things that were right. We live in a day that that's rejected. And folks, when that is rejected, our foundation is destroyed. The Bible said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The world is learning so many things, but most of what they learn, they're not important. Uh, they're not important as compared to spiritual matters and eternal matters. Notice what the Bible says. If you'll look back at the scripture at 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, he says in verse number 7, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. We live in a day of much learning and yet there's much ignorance and stupidity because of the fact we've rejected the foundation of life and living. He notes here, the substance of learning. First of all, the steadfastness and then the substance of his learning. By the way, he learns the sureness of the Scripture. Notice what he said in verse number 14, and has been assured of. Can I tell you everything in this Bible? It has proof behind it. This is not theory. This is not philosophy. This is not idea, or I wish it was this way. The Bible deals with things that we know for sure. The Bible is the anchor. The Bible is the answer. The Bible is, there, is the antidote for problems and difficulties in our world. If there's any knowledge that you need to know with certainty, it is spiritual knowledge. And if you had to choose between spiritual knowledge and the wisdom of men, I would say I'd rather live in total ignorance as far as the wisdom of men is concerned and know about my God. It has been said that a man that is put inside a cave with nothing to learn or know about but the Bible and that man that would know the Bible would be a man of great wisdom in our world because of the scripture. Folks, we need to be certain 
about what we know and believe. You can be certain about the Word of God. Aren't you glad that we don't hope we're saved or think we're saved or trying to make it to heaven? We've been assured by the Word of God that if we put our faith and trust in Him, we have eternal life through Jesus Christ. And so we learn of the sureness of the learning. I was listening this afternoon to an interview about the rioting and they were asking a man what he thought and he was a professor and somewhat of a well-known professor and he is interviewed from time to time and he began to talk about a lot of different things that honestly made absolutely no sense at all. I mean, he just went around in a circle and, and he even tried to quote scripture. In fact, he reminded me of the story of the, of the lady that kept turning the picture sideways so the tower would be straight and not leaning. He was trying to use the scripture to justify his philosophical outlooks on life. And as I heard that, I thought, you know, how sad. The answer is in the word of God and we know for sure and when man turns from obedience to the scripture, he's headed for trouble. All the illustrations I could give. Think of Cain. Cain's way was rejected. You know what he did? He got wroth. He got angry. He got so mad. God said to Cain, he said, why art thou wroth? He said, Cain, you did what you wanted to do. You offered the sacrifice that you wanted to offer rather than what I asked for. Uh, why did it make you mad? And I'll tell you why it made him angry, because God rejected it. He, re, he accepted the offering of Abel, but he rejected the offering of Cain. And Cain, he later said, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Some folks feel sorry for Cain and say, well, you ought to change the rules. You ought to, you ought to move the picture a little bit to make Cain feel better. Could we not just say this? Cain, why don't you do what's right to do? Why don't you get on your face before God and say, God, I've sinned. I was disobedient to your word. And I'm asking you to forgive me. And I want you to hear what I'm about to say. Nothing, nothing will make this world happy outside of obedience to the scripture. We could change the law and say you can burn a building every day if you want to. You can steal whatever you want to steal. They wouldn't be happy. Happiness does not come from fulfilling the desires of our emotions, whether it would be anger, or immorality, or whatever. It doesn't bring a satisfaction. It doesn't bring gladness. It doesn't bring happiness. I'll tell you what brings happiness. Obedience to the Word of God. The sureness of the Scripture. Let me give you the fourth thing. I want you to notice the start of the scripture. When's the best time to teach children? Notice what the Bible says. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. We need to start teaching children the word of God even when they're infants. I often say in joking uh, to men, now when your wife is expecting, start reading the Bible to that baby in the womb. I'm not sure if they can hear it, but it will help their mother. And in fact, it'll help the daddy that reads it too. And uh, I'm not sure uh, that the child can understand it. They tell me that they become familiar with voices. And uh, I guess that's why kids go to sleep in church when I preach. They're used to this voice uh, yelling at them. Uh, but we need to teach children, I'm talking about infants, the Word of God early on. 
They may not understand everything that an adult can understand, but I'll tell you something that's precious. To see a little toddler that can barely pronounce words and sometimes only pronounce them in a way that mom can understand. To point to the moon and say, God did that. To point to the rain or the sun and say, God did that. Where, where is God? And they point and oh, how precious it is. That's when we're supposed to start teaching our children the word of God. Now listen to me. Tell me what people destroyed a city because they obeyed the word of God. Tell me what people destroyed a family because they were being obedient to the word of God. Now I know there were war and I know there was destruction, but it was because of sin. It wasn't a matter of obedience to the scripture. You see, when you obey the word of God, you have to be happy. When you obey the Word of God and you fulfill the instruction of the Bible, you have to have joy and gladness and satisfaction within. And we need to start uh, teaching our children the Word of God even when they're newborns, when they're infants. I rejoice uh, this week, uh, Brother Ray MacArthur and his wife, uh, Yessie, had a little baby girl, and I've, I've seen the pictures. They're home now, and uh, it's time now. Start reading that Bible. Read it together. It helps Dad. It helps Mom. Children need to get used to hearing uh, uh, the Word of God. I sent Brother Troy Young a note this morning and said, I'm praying for you. I'll miss you today, uh, leading the singing, and congratulations on that baby boy. Uh, he and Jennifer, their daughter, uh, Ashley, and uh, uh, son, uh, uh, son-in-law Drew uh, they just had a new baby this week and they can't wait to go see the baby how precious it is that's the time to start teaching uh, the scripture to our children and then I want to point out this number five the source of the scripture from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Now what is the source of the scripture? Well, the Bible says in verse number 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. This is God's book, instruction book to man. Some years ago, uh, my wife and I were visiting in a home and a a lady was a young mother and had an infant child and she said, you know, the only thing worries me about having babies is they don't come with instruction books. And my wife said, oh yes, God's provided an instruction manual for rearing children that is the Word of God. What's the source of the Scripture? God. This is not man's ideas. This is not man's opinion. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. God spoke His Word. God gave His Word. The Bible says when He created man, He formed man up from the dust of the earth and He breathed into His nostrils a breath of life and He became a living soul. That word inspiration means the spirit of life has been put in. When we say of a person, He expired last Thursday, you would take that to mean he died last Thursday. The spirit, the life came out of him. But the Bible is not expired. The Bible is inspired. I beg you, build your life on the word of God. I beg you, teach your children the word of God and continue. Don't just start. Keep going. Keep reading it. Teenager, you read the Bible. Decide, this book is going to be my guide and guard. If I could promise you tonight joy and happiness, 
And I could say for just $2,000, I can guarantee you joy and happiness. Everybody would come up with that. But tonight, it doesn't cost you anything. Tonight, we can have joy and gladness by deciding, I'm going to obey the Word of God. To obey it, I'm going to have to read it. I'm going to have to study it. I'm going to have to apply it to my life. This book right here is the answer. The answer for America is in the book.